Uh, hi all, um, we are joined this week by guest uh, Ryan Conlon again for number two. We came back, he had so much uh, knowledge inside, we came back and, and uh, asked him on again. So Ryan, you're very welcome. Thanks a million, Ken. It's great to be here. And um, we both have slightly different backgrounds this time, but, it's, uh, but now it's brilliant to be here on the podcast again. Brilliant, brilliant. So Ryan, I'm going to touch on uh, some topics today from ranging all from digital marketing to LinkedIn. I know you're a huge advocate um, of LinkedIn and really you know, pushing your own personal brand out there. Um, do you want to go into how it's opened, opened doors for yourself? Yeah, so LinkedIn is actually quite an, quite an interesting platform. Um, I don't work for LinkedIn, just to, in case anyone's wondering if anyone's listening. Um, so they don't pay me to say this or anything. <laughs> um, but it was about three years ago when I was in the fitness industry um, and I went back to university and I did a study abroad. And when I was doing the study abroad in my spare time in the classroom, I started connect. I started building a LinkedIn profile and started connecting with a lot of my clients because I was personal training uh, through LinkedIn. And I said this, uh, and the platform, no one was really talking about it or on it. Uh, I think it was mainly for sales people. Um, at that time and some job seekers, but I don't, I, I don't think companies were fully adopting the platform for jobs and whatnot. And so it was really at the start of it. Um, and what I saw was really quickly, um, I could connect with people in all different roles, all different industries. But then what I found is uh, a lot of my clients started to uh, endorse me or recommend me. So I started to build up my profile and optimize my profile during the classes because I wasn't really paying attention to a lot of the classes in the study abroad program. So you see this in class. And then um, from that, I could always dip into my network digitally because I stopped working in the fitness industry. And then I could always dip back and talk to clients whenever I was transitioning then from the fitness industry back into college and then from college to the, um, to the marketing industry. I could always dip back in into clients digitally because I had that book of clients um, online rather than always in person. And I found it really helpful um, in that sense to keep in touch with everyone. But then about... Two years ago or three years ago, my undergraduate, I started seeing a lot of people creating content on the platform um, and it was different to Instagram. It was different from Facebook. What I saw was a lot of people putting really positive content and stuff that I was actually really learning from. So a lot about different industries or trends or figures or stories. And it was really inspiring content. I got, I, I, and I kind of decided um, I was going to try post one or two things and I posted a few things and started to see a lot of traction really early. Um, and looking back now, I can sort of see that uh, LinkedIn in itself. Now, they haven't said this officially, but from listening to a lot of people on LinkedIn, there's uh, the social media landscapes. There's almost things called content efficient platforms and content efficient platforms and content abundant platforms. So let's take Facebook or Instagram, for example, or Twitter. They're all content abundant platforms. So if you were to create content on those platforms, there's more producers than there is consumers. So if you were to go back to Facebook, I think it was 2018, they made this big shift and they reduced uh, reach overnight and they increased um, uh, and, and they made a big push on the ad spend because there were so many users on the platform. There was more producers of content than there was consumers. So they lowered the engagement. Where you look at LinkedIn at the moment, they're content efficient platforms. So what they, and, and TikTok, so they, they'll promote your content further and because they, there's more consumers in the platform than there's producers. So they want people to start produce way more content. So eventually they can obviously bring their ad product in and get their ad product better. So learning about that, I started creating more content and that's, that, that really began to open doors when I began to network with people and, 
And then from that, I've obviously uh, got reached out to be on podcasts like on this one here and um, speaking or um, even job offers. Like I've been offered jobs through LinkedIn just from building a presence there. Um, and yeah, it's been a really great platform because the great thing is, and I'll, I'll, I'll stop going on about this at the moment, but the great thing <laughs> you're good, is you're good. If, if you were putting up a post kind of today or if I was putting up a post and I was to like your post, all the people I'm connected with get to see your post. So let's say if I'm connected with the marketing director in Uber, for example, or let's say I'm connected with um, a student, they're able to see your post and you never know who's watching. You know, it's not just about who you know, it's about almost who knows you in this sort of market these days. And I know that may sound very self-centered, but it, 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 people are, are connecting more digitally um, and not always in person. So it's a really great way of building up that. And I don't even like the term personal brand of building up that trust online. And then that will eventually bring opportunities, I think. So there's some, there's some great nuggets in there that we could go, go a little deeper on. I mean, you know, there's a lot of people at the moment within the industry with everything that's going on that I no doubt have, have unfortunately lost their jobs or, or, you know, having their own personal, personal issues, uh, whether it be health or, you know, uh, let's just say they, they, they don't know where to start. Like I was speaking to a guy last week, where do I start with, with, with personal branding or, you know, what am I missing out on? Because I've, I've, let's say hid behind a brand for X amount of years. So like it's, let's, let's try and bridge the gap for, for, for people in the industry with, with, let's say little to no experience or, or don't know the good practices that let's say you're, you're doing daily and how to, how to transition into getting more content out. Because let's be honest, it's, it's just forming that habit. It's not rocket science. It's just, you know, seeing all this content online, kind of interpreting it yourself, you know, putting a piece, putting some copy together, maybe in building an image and then putting it out. It takes, you know, 10 to 15 minutes. You, I know you, you created it, you created it in the morning. Am I right? Yeah, correct. Yeah. So let's, let's go into how, how would we, how would we establish, uh, you know, someone who's just, let's say lost their job. Let's use a case study of someone who's lost their job. Absolutely, Kenneth. I think the first thing um, is definitely starts with the mindset of, irregardless of thinking you have a personal brand or not, you probably do. Because when someone searches your name on Google or, or if you have a Facebook profile, or if you're even featured on an article and if someone searches up your name, that is automatically, then you have a personal brand online. Um, and loads of people define it differently, but it's almost what people say when you're not in the room. That's sort of like, that's sort of what, I kind of define it as, and it, and it has to be something that's authentic. Uh, I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but I can't. But you can really tell when someone's being someone they're not online. Mm -hmm. So they're just things that I'll probably put out there before someone's worrying about um, starting or posting up content. Um, and I, I'm not just going to say be yourself because that's not a great place to start. Um, but what I will say is, uh, if you want to sort of put yourself out there, I can speak from my perspective and what I did. Um, what I, what I first did is I started to realize that whatever platform I was using, so say just take for someone who lost their job, for example, the most bang for their book is probably using LinkedIn, probably not Twitter, probably not Instagram, unless they're a graphic designer, then Instagram may be a great platform because it's very visual. Um, but for a lot of cases, it's probably going to be LinkedIn because you're going to be interacting with people working in other businesses that can employ you, um, for example. So if we take LinkedIn for, to use as, um, as to, to get your personal brand on or to start your personal branding, most people just think of it as their profile where I think of, um, I think of my, uh, 
profile as a landing page or a sales page, just like your CV. So it is a piece. Uh, so for those that maybe don't know, a landing page is like a website or, or it's a place where you land online, where you click to buy or you click to add any information. So the LinkedIn profile is my sales page. So I want to make sure that that is completely optimized. Make sure that I have a good um, cover photo, good headshot, good bio. And it even, you can go into depth and LinkedIn recommends to make it an all-star profile. So that's what I'd first recommend doing is make sure that your profile is, uh, is credible and, and treat it as a sales document. You want to make sure that you're likable. You want to make sure that you have credibility, that you have authority, that you're social proofing, you've got recommendations, you've got endorsements and that you're trustworthy before anything else. And um, I think that's even people creating content on LinkedIn today probably don't start first with profile optimization. Um, and that's so important because it's not just a profile. It's almost like a sales page, whether you're trying to get sales for your company or whether you're trying to get a job, you're trying to convince someone to either connect with you or to, or, or, or for any particular reason. I think a great question on that one would be, you know, I, I'm constantly asking myself how I'm going to separate myself from, from my audience and my, from, from my competition. Because if you can separate yourself authentically and you, you do this really well, it's like you're creating that brand. You've created like your own personal brand guidelines nearly. And I know you hate me rambling on about personal, personal brand. No, it's all good. It's, it's, all good. it's, it's 60%. Like it's the amount of conversations I've had from something like this or, you know, the podcast or me putting out an article or it's how do, how does an individual separate themselves from people within the industry um, and that 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 will that will that will grasp uh, that will grasp a lot of business owners because if you just follow what everyone else is doing, um, look at the content, yes, but have your own interpretation. I, I completely agree, Kenneth. And to that point, I think um, like if you're on LinkedIn, if you can get your profile to let's say an all-star profile, where LinkedIn gives this ranking, it's all-star. So I believe in the search ranking. So obviously on the search bar on LinkedIn or on Instagram or anything, there's a search bar and Google is a search bar. So if your profile is at an all-star level, you're going to get more searches and more traffic to your profile. And the more visits and more exposure to your profile, then you have more people going to have come, with, come to you for opportunities or come to you with different opportunities like job opportunities or speaking opportunities or podcasts um, or even connecting with interesting people, you know. Yeah, pl placing yourself in front of them. If you if you can look at, let's say, uh, I know we're kind of just nearly brainstorming at this stage, but if you can connect with people within your industry who you would like to become one day, like your five-year goal, hypothetically, um, and then just surround yourself with those people, like you're going to become a fraction of what they are. You're going to be potentially someday at that table. And this is happening. Like this is, I'm, I'm having conversations with people daily this is open doors for yourself, Ryan. I know, and congratulations on getting or on talking on this upcoming TED Talk. Uh, you want to touch yeah, on touch on that it. next, um, yeah, on how yeah, that opened up. Weird. Yeah. So when I was doing my master's program um, there, so from 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 maybe some people that don't know, uh, TED is an organization. That I think it's Technology Education Design. I think what it stands for. Maybe I could be wrong there. Um, but anyway, they have the main TED organization but then they have TEDx's. So TEDx is like uh, um, an independent TED event. So TED is the big events where they'll invite, they'll invite Bill Gates to speak, they'll invite Tim Ferriss. They'll take the best speakers from the TEDx and then turn them into the, 
the TED events. So you have the TED events, then you have the TEDx events. And for example, Kenneth, me and you could set up a TEDx event if we had the licensing, if we had the fundraising, and if we had um, all the branding guidelines, we could set it up. So in just for that context, so when I was doing my master's program and I was doing it in uh, Trinity Business School, they had a TEDx talk. So they had TEDx Trinity, I think, and they were looking for one or two student speakers. And I was thinking in the back of my mind, I think someone mentioned I should apply or I saw it and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll just apply. Uh, and I applied, wasn't really too passionate or keen on the topic, but I was like, I applied, got rejected. Um, and then what happened was I was in class a few weeks later, giving a presentation in a group. And then after one of the professors came up to me and said, oh, I should really think about giving that TEDx a go um, in Trinity. And I was like, oh, well, I already got rejected. <laughs> he was like, oh, okay. Um, but you should think about um, trying again, seeing if there's any other avenues. And I was like, oh, maybe I, I just leave it there. So I just, and I didn't really think about it for the next like few months. Um, and then I, I was, I think it was during a period of time we had off and I was like, oh, I wonder if I was doing a talk, what topic would I do? And I was like, I'm pretty passionate about uh, dyslexia. It's something that's not really talked about. And I think it's, um, I, I think it's misunderstood. And I think there's a lot of negative connotations. And um, so after I kept doing research into it and I kept doing more research into it, it was just mind blowing what I found on it. Um, and then I came up with this little half a page summary of what my talk would be on a little bit about my title and a little bit about me. Then I just looked at any TEDx events in the area and there was none really in Ireland. So I saw well, there's one in London that had a similar theme to my topic. So I applied and got to like the first round of interviews and then got rejected again. And I was like, look, it just probably wasn't meant to be. I'll just leave it there. And, and then about funny enough, six to eight weeks later, the organizer said that I should keep on pursuing it. And I was like, ah, probably not. And she CC'd me in an email with another organizer saying that they, they were looking for a speaker and based off my topic, they think I'd be an absolute great fit. Um, could you share a little bit about your talk with and a little bit about yourself with the speak with the organizer? And I was like, absolutely no problem. This is brilliant. Uh, so sent him that 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 one page document that I sent her and some changes. And then they invited me to speak, and I was absolutely over the moon. Um, and then I didn't tell anyone for a month. I think I told my mom and maybe my girlfriend because it's just a fear of like I don't know. They haven't even announced it. Like I'm actually going to be speaking there. I didn't post about anything, but then um, they made an announcement and I just, I haven't written, I, I, at that stage, I haven't even wrote the talk. So I was a bit, a bit like imposter syndrome, like I'm not an expert on dyslexia. I'm not even a psychologist. I'm going to talk about this. <laughs> so I had a feeling of Good like man. imposter syndrome and a bit of fear, but then it all went when I started preparing. Good man. So a lot of resilience went into that and you know, you've, you're, you're halfway there in terms of you know, you've got to, you've, you've got to that point, you know, you've, 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 you've built it in your own head already. Just get, get it out, get it out on paper. It, let's, let's, let's address that in terms of, you know, you know, let's just say it's, it's obviously me uh, mental health awareness day today. Uh, I've been watching a few videos earlier and, and reaching out to a few people in my own network. Um, do you want, do you want to go into some, you know, for, let's just say dyslexia as an example or, or, do you want to go into the depths of how more people within the industry can talk and, you know, you know, nearly build awareness online about, about, uh, things they're passionate about, uh, because it is, it's, it's, you can definitely bring a personal element to LinkedIn. Like I see a buddy of mine in the UK every Monday, he posts, you know, mental health Mondays, uh, and he's posting content and promoting that. I think we all should do more of that so that we can have, example like these conversations yeah absolutely Kenneth I think just before maybe we go into it maybe just say that I, I'm not a doctor or a PhD or an expert on it uh, on mental health or anything so and um, but but um, 
but definitely I, I think going back to the original point, I, I think building that uh, personal brand through content that resonates with people and sharing what you like to talk about, then you build up a small community that also like what you like to talk about. Um, and you can have great conversations like we're having here, Kenneth. Uh, and I think they start from just putting yourself out there. Um, but definitely, whether it's mental health, whether it's dyslexia, whether it's, um, whether it's physical, physical fitness, whatever thing you're, or, or whatever concept you're passionate about or whatever thing you're passionate about or have experience in, personal experience in, I, I think once you build up the confidence of building that uh, online personal brand, um, you then can have an opportunity to speak about it. Uh, and I don't like to use this word again, but in a way that uh, is authentic, but, but, some, but something that also resonates with the people. And I'm not, um, when people talk about mental health or dyslexia, I think what, what's most important to clarify here and to tailor it all back to personal branding is, your personal brand is your backstory. It's not what you wish you were. It's not what you think you are. Like, it's not that you, you, you're a mental health guru. It's not that you're a, a, a millionaire or a, or a CEO of, the, of a public company. It, it, it's your backstory. And I think people can very easily tell when something's true and when it's not. People have gotten very sharp, uh, especially these days. And don't get me wrong, sometimes things fall through the cracks. But when you're posting so frequently, people can tell when something's real and something's authentic and it's not. And people really resonate uh, if they share the same um, experiences as you. For example, let's say just growing up with dyslexia, like you said there, Kenneth, most of the folks that I know that have dyslexia now are extremely creative. A lot of them have gone on to do brilliant things, whether that's in science, engineering, technology. And there's reasons for that. There's reasons based on how the brain structured, how their personal experience they may have struggled in school. And even you take examples like Steven Spielberg when he was bullied in school for being dyslexic and the way he got through that was he escaped mm -hmm. through his movies and creating movies at home. Or Richard Branson, he was dyslexic and beaten in school. Uh, so all these people have had difficult childhoods, but they've talked about their previous experience online or, or in person. Um, and that's what's most important is making the stories that are authentic because they're real. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a great great point. A lot of the most successful people are people who've you know hit the nail on their head on their weaknesses and 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 got got through that and and kind of honed in on on strengths. And um, in terms of your own you know your own experience of obviously you've you've just done your done your masters, so congrats. Uh, how how has digital how has digital uh, you know your whole digital landscape affected you? With, with you know potential positions or you don't have to go into the the, the, the companies but just like for for anyone listening it, it is going to open doors um and definitely how, how has it affected you obviously we, we could go we could go around and roundabouts here but uh how has it affected you personally with putting yourself out because you were doing this 2016 you yeah, probably, this. probably around there, maybe 2016, 2017. So that's, that's like, that's, we're now 2020. Like <laughs> that's a long time. Um, how would you say, let's say someone who's just lost their job can, can really put out their experience online in the, in the most proficient way possible? Yeah. So what was new to me is, um, and you mentioned some that lost, say take someone who's lost their job is I was self-employed for the last, let's say four years in the fitness industry. So in the last 
when I finished my master's program there for the last three months, it was my first time really having to enter the job market and entering the new industry of marketing and digital marketing and tech. So it was a massive learning curve. Um, I was learning how to craft the right CV, learning how to create the right interview techniques or learning how to, um, and just crafting what experience do I have? But I think the years of building that uh, personal brand has really stayed to me when, when I had, let's say, um, I won't name companies or anything, but a number of people reach out to me being like, hey, Ryan, I've seen you working LinkedIn. Uh, we're looking for someone in this position, a marketing role. And they've reached out to me because they've seen my work, not because I've promoted myself, because I've created value for them in some way. So I've, I've almost dug the well before I'm thirsty in a way. So I've almost built up the network before I've needed it. And now when I've gone out to the job market and asked people for referrals, um, I've created that value and it's not in a way that's manipulative. It's very gradual and it was very long. Cause you said I, I, I was right from, it was very long term. It hasn't been that, since 2016. I started creating that content. So it really worked in my favor, but don't get me wrong due to COVID-19, it, it still has been a long process. And so it's come to a point now where I've had about a number of interviews, like don't get me wrong. Some weren't a good fit and some were a great fit and there's been progression so, but I think definitely building the personal brand has led to multiple opportunities that I wouldn't even expect. Um, so I, I'm a massive proponent of it. Um, and I suppose the hardest part that you mentioned, Kenneth, is just where to start. Um, and that can be the hardest thing is just overcoming the fear. And um, we talked about this last time of just the judgment. But when you realize when you jump in, it's, it's not that cold and it's probably not that bad. Um, but it's just that initial get going and fear to overcome. And, 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 and yeah, an understanding of, of the platform. Don't go really, you know, scattergun and, and try and do it all. That, that's, you know, if you want to have, let's say, I see it as like building nearly a showcase at this stage. It's like building that portfolio for people across multiple different industries, you know, finance. They're, they're building this portfolio whereby if you put that on a blank canvas of all your posts, how is it going to look? And have that sort of bird's eye view on how, how is my personal brand going to look on LinkedIn, let's say, if I was to push it across and will it look, or will it look good if it's all this color or will it, and then just replicate this across Instagram. Sorry, I just got a bit of a, a brainwave there of, uh, of an no, idea. No, that, but I, and I completely agree. And again, it goes back to like what, like the objectives in the industry are trying to get into, because if you're a dancer, you may want to go or you're a musician, you may want to go head first to TikTok. Or if you're a graphic designer, you may want to go on uh, um, Instagram. But if you're a journalist, you may want to go head deep in, in Twitter. So it, it really it first comes for obviously, like you said, Kenneth, an understanding of the landscape and an understanding of your personal brand before you go out there and just decide and pull the trigger. Yeah, which which brings us on. I know you're I know you're a busy man, so we're coming up to a quarter to um Thanks a million for, for jumping on again. Um, and I wish you every success in the TED Talk. I'll leave Ryan's details below uh, and any tools we mentioned. Uh, there's a great actually LinkedIn tools. Uh, is it selling social selling index? Have you seen that tool yet? Yeah, yeah. I've briefly seen it. Yeah. I think it's the... It, it's an index of where you're at based on your profile or connection. Yeah. And like what you can do and improvements you can make. I think that'd be a great tool for guys to jump on if they haven't really engrossed LinkedIn. Uh, but Ryan, thanks a million. 
Really appreciate no it. No problem, Kenneth. And also just that point, Kenneth, I think I wrote an article there, uh, which I can send to you if anyone's looking to get started. Um, I just wrote what I did and how I got started and the best practices that I use if anyone wants to sort of get you uh, start on LinkedIn or what or start a personal brand. Brilliant. Really appreciate it. Thanks a million, Ryan. Thanks, Kenneth.